Everybody, welcome back to the Indiscriminate News Network. I'm your host, Jason St. Clair. Hope everybody's doing well. Starting out of news out of Russia. Russia is suspending NATO missions and shuts their lights office down. Russia said on Monday it was suspending its mission to NATO and ordered its closure of the alliance's office in Moscow in retaliation for NATO's expulsion of Russian diplomats. Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov announced moves after NATO expelled several members of Moscow's delegation to the alliance for alleged spying. Following certain measures taken by NATO, the basic conditions for common work no longer exist, Lavrov told reporters in Moscow. Moscow did miss accusations as baseless. Russia was also shutting down the alliance liaison mission Belgian embassy in Moscow set up in 2002 and the NATO information office set up in 2001, improving understanding between NATO and Russia. Lavrov added that the contacts between Western military alliance and Russia could be maintained through a Russian embassy in Belgium. As a result of NATO's deliberate moves, we have practically no conditions for elementary diplomatic work, and in response to NATO's actions was suspended. The work of our permanent mission in NATO, including work of the chief military envoy probably from November 1st, or it may take several days, Russian foreign minister said in a separate statement that NATO's actions confirmed that they're no, no longer interested in equal dialogue and a joint work to de-escalate military and political tensions. Okay. A fraught linkage, U.S.-China Trade Policy and the U.S.-EU Trade and Technology Council. Over the past week, Joe Biden administration pursued two geographic bookends to U.S. foreign economic and strategic policy, namely the first public statement of U.S. trade and investment policy towards China and the convening of the U.S.-EU Trade Technology Council's first meeting. The substantial results are inconclusive in both cases, leaving major policy questions unanswered for both Asia and European alliances. First, as previously noted, U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai's widely anticipated unveiling of Biden's administration China policy failed to spell out a strategy for dealing with fundamental trade and technology elements of China's predatory state capitalism. So, example, huge subsidies for domestic industries, forced tech transfers, intellectual property theft, and closed tech sectors. Tai subsequently spoke with uh, her Chinese counterpart, Vince Premier, Oh, sorry, Vice Premier Liu He. But the meeting was merely an exchange of views on which Beijing refused to offer any changes to its current industrial and trade policies. Tai has stated that the administration would take action if initial talks produced no concessions for Beijing. But the open question remains under what circumstances the administration will utilize the full range of tools and fashion new strategies to counter Chinese economic aggression. This lack of U.S. policy clarity will have direct impact on the future of TCC, which, as mentioned above, met for the first time in late September. The council has been tasked with a wide-ranging, ambitious agenda that includes working groups on uh, semiconductors, artificial intelligence, supply chains, technical standards, and cybersecurity, among others. Okay, next up. The Israel-UAE-India-US partnership is a quiet revolution. So the meeting is important because it represents the quiet formation of a group like-minded countries. The visit of India's external affairs minister, Dr. S. Jaishankar, and subsequent virtual meeting with the U.S. Secretary of State, the UAE foreign minister, and the Israeli foreign affairs minister, marks a new stage of Israel's diplomatic relations. This is because it represents a rare example of Israel being part of a group of countries as opposed to the usual bilateral relationship Israel enjoys. The media is also important because it represents the quiet formation of a group of like-minded countries, 
Added to this list should also be Greece, France, Cyprus, Bahrain, Egypt, and Jordan, some other countries that share common interests, either in Eastern Mediterranean or as part of a block of stable and moderation. It's important to note that Lapid was just in Washington where his visit went well. This is part of a growing series of visits not only by Lapid but other key officials in Israel. The U.S.-Israel relationship is not new, though. What is new is adding on to it a series of other relationships. This is special because in the past, when Israel had close ties with countries like the U.S., these were often ties that are not always seen as part of America's larger goal in the region. This is why Israel was part of European command for many years and separated from the region in many international circles because of the opposition by the Arab League, Iran, or other states. This began to change decades ago when the end of the Cold War, but the change has now been slowed. Public meetings between former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu or his team with officials in Jordan and Egypt were almost unheard of, despite the stories of good relationship behind the scenes. Countries can't conduct foreign policy behind scenes uh, forever. NATO wouldn't have worked if it was just a secret alliance behind closed doors. Okay. U.S. said it made no financing offers to Turkey on F-16 jets. The United States on Monday did not confirm Turkish President Tayyip Erdogan's comment. Washington has made an offer to Ankara for the sale of F-16 fighter jets, but added it has not made Turkey a financing offer for the warplanes. Erdogan said on Wednesday that the United States had proposed the sale of F-16 fighter jets to Turkey in return for the investment in the F-35 program. Roman Carr was removed from buying missile defense systems from Russia. We would refer you to the Turkish government to speak with its defense procurement plant. What I can say is the United States is not making financing offers to Turkey's F-16 requests. The U.S. Department spokesperson Ned Prince said in a briefing. Ruiz reported earlier this month that Turkey made a request to the United States to buy 40 Lockheed Martin-made F-16 jets and nearly 80 modernization kits for its existing warplanes. I think the F-14s, I think. Previously, Ankara had also ordered more than 100 F-35 jets made by Lockheed Martin. <clears throat> but the United States removed Turkey from the program in 2019 after it acquired Russian S-400 missile defense system. We talked about that earlier. Erdogan said Washington made F-16 proposal in Turkey payment for $1.4 billion that made it uh, made it for the F-40, uh, sorry, F-35 fighter jet program. As if the money that the uh, for the use of the F- purchase of S-16s, Price said the Department of Defense continues to be engaged in a dispute resolution with the mechanism of Turkey on the F-35, but I'm not going to prejudge the outcome. Okay, going to finish off with this one. ISIS-linked extremists fearful of Taliban retribution tries to return to the UK. A suspected extremist with links to ISIS removed from a plane leaving Kabul foiling his attempt to return to the UK after being stripped of his rights to live there. The Afghan man, identified only as D9, had been living in the UK since 2001, but returned to Afghanistan for COVID-19-related reasons in 2019, only to be barred from returning to national security grounds. Undeterred, the man tried to travel back to the UK in March and boarded a Turkish Airlines flight to Istanbul for the first leg of his journey. But the British government intervened and was taken off the aircraft in Kabul because of the security risk he posed. D9 is now suing Home Secretary Priti Patel so he could leave Afghanistan where he believes his life's at risk because authority may conclude he's an extremist. I guess a lot of people conclude he's an extremist so they don't, nobody wants him anywhere. 
His legal action was launched before the Taliban takeover of the country. For And the lawyers for the D9 says that he was at risk both with the new and old regimes. He has not been in touch with his new legal team since mid-August when Taliban took over Kabul. So why, did, why the UK? Where's his ties to the UK? And Polito has told the court the Afghan intelligence services files containing information about D9 may have fallen to the hands of the Taliban after its forces took Kabul. And those files contain information about shows that he's connected to the Islamic State in any way. He could be a real risk given the anonymity between the Taliban and Islamic State. Okay, everybody. That's all I got for you today. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Indiscriminate News Network. I appreciate all you guys. Um, hear from me soon. Bye.